In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Um, and welcome to live class this evening. I'm going to uh, try my best uh, to be to to not to not to not be too fast, and uh, hopefully I would uh, follow in the footsteps of our, of our pastors that have been teaching us. I just love the way they they taught us, and you know, going slowly, no rush, and uh, I hope to follow suit as well. First of all, I'll just like to thank uh, our pastors that are here. I thank uh, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Ceci, and also Pastor Femi for uh, all that they have been doing in, you know, in, in teaching and also question and answers. And I also want to thank you for the opportunity to take this lesson this evening. Thank you for trusting the, the Spirit of God in me. Uh, to to be capable to try my, all my best to teach this uh, chapter. Thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, I like I said earlier, I will try my best to to follow suit after the dean and also Pastor Ferry. Um. They thought with so much grace, so I'll try as a as a small boy just to try and try and follow in their footstep, you know. Amen. So I, I believe we're all excited to be to be here tonight. So um, we are in chapter eight, chapter eight of the. Uh, book we have been using, and I believe we all have uh, access to to that chapter right now. If not, I believe you can go to the group, uh, life meeting groups, the Winnipeg and meeting, Saskatoon, or um, Edmund, Ottawa, and Cal Calgary, Edmonton as well. And uh, you should be able to find the, the manual there. I would say manual, but find the chapter there that we are. Uh, going through so like i said i'll try my best to be as slow and as thorough as possible all right so chapter eight is the resurrection of the dead the resurrection of the dead amen so we've been going through uh the i mean we started and you know, just you know, talking generally about you know, things we should uh, know, we learned about man, you know, all that, uh, and then we moved into the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. I believe we uh, began to see that there are many of that, and I think we've been going through each of those elementary principles of the doctrine one by one, and I think I'll just quickly open Hebrews chapter 6. Um also, before uh, I continue, I'd like to ask for a volunteer to help us 
in reading um, the Bible verses. I know, I know there, are, there are those that uh, you know, recall, but I said, let me just uh, see if anybody will volunteer uh, to help us today. Anybody wants to volunteer? Okay. All right. If nobody wants to volunteer, I think I can. I can uh, maybe ask Daniel. I believe it's your name that is that is shining in my face. Hello, sir. I don't know if if you can help us with uh, the Bible verses. So just just stay tuned, right? Yes, because sir. You can start from, uh, so let me start from Hebrews 6, uh, verse 1. I'll read that. But this is just more of like a quick recap. So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. Can I go on, sir? Yes, you can. All right, sir. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Um Sorry, KJV. Um, <laughs> um, just one second. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Mm-hmm. Verse 2. Yes. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of internal judgments. Thank you. So this, uh, we've been going through them all by one. I think we are, we've gone through almost all, and I believe there's this resurrection of the dead and as well as eternal judgment remaining. Um, we've gone through doctrine of baptisms, we've gone through doctrine of repentance from dead works, uh, taught powerfully by Pastor, Pastor Femi, and, uh, and of faith towards God. Uh, of the doctrine of baptisms, um, taught powerfully by Pastor Ceci as well, and of leaning of hands, we've thought that as well, and of resurrection of the dead, which we are going through right now. Um, so we've been going through them one by one, just looking at the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, which is quite essential for us as believers. Um, so for this lesson, for this class, uh, chapter 8, for this lesson, uh, we'll be looking at uh, the resurrection of the dead uh, and some of the thoughts. I'll just read from the book uh, some of the thoughts, brief thoughts that we would kind of come across around this uh, this lesson. So, what is what is the meaning of resurrection of the dead? So, hopefully, by the time we go through this, we'll be able to define what that is. Uh, what are the causes of death and the need for resurrection? So what is the cause and why is there a need to be resurrected? So what is uh, a resurrection as a state, uh, resurrection as a person and, and experience? So they're telling us that uh, resurrection can be seen at all. They, they all put this way. There is the resurrection state and there is the resurrection as a person and there is the resurrection as an experience. So we'll go through all this uh, and we'll, 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 we'll see them as we go through through the book. Uh, so uh, the next one is what is the hope 
of resurrection and what is the assurance of resurrection. In case you are wondering, is there even anything called resurrection? Or what is what is the hope of it? You know, I believe there are some that says that there is no resurrection, um, and not just Sadducees alone, but the actual actual. You know, I've seen you know men, men saying that there is nothing like resurrection. Or, or let me put it this way, or another way that uh, that is being said is that there is no. Uh, Cut up, it won't be, it won't be cut up. There, there won't be anything, anything like that. Um, but the scripture says we shall all be cut up. Amen. So, it says, uh, let's read from. Um, so we're still in Hebrews chapter six, right? So we'll quickly read two verses of the scripture. Sorry, two chapters. Uh, no, two books. Yeah, two books of the scripture. We're going to read. Uh, a verse, a chapter, so Hebrews 6, 12, we're going to read that, and we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to read from verse 12 to 14. Um, so Hebrews 6, 12, uh, if we can read that, I believe it's also in the book, but I just want us to read our Bible. Um, I know that it's a lot easy to quickly read from the book, which is good too, but personally, I just like, just like, um, also, reading it from Bible too. I, I, maybe it's a personal thing. I don't know, but I don't know how many of us like that too. Right? Just, just, just looks nice when we just open the Bible. Amen. So Hebrews six twelve. Can we just uh, read that, Daniel? If you can please help us read it. Hebrews six twelve. Um, praise God. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Inherit the promises. Okay, let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 14. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, mm-hmm. how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith is also vain. Vain. Amen. Uh, thank God for this uh, this chapter that we read. I mean, again, you can, this, 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 uh, First Corinthians 15, 12 to 14, uh, let's keep it in mind. We're going to read it uh multiple times while we go through this lesson so we can you know, have it at the back of our mind you know you can read it as many times as you want um we are also going to read uh and a bunch of books we're going to go through like like daniel as well um so we're going to also read daniel 12 verse 2 i mean can daniel 12 what so and we can put a finger in all those romans 5 uh, verse 12, we're going to read that, but you know, we'll go through them one by one. But let me start from the, the brilliant thought here. Let me start from this first Corinthians 15, 12 to 14, just to quickly you know, pick a thought from there. It says, now if Christ be preached, that he rose. So now if Christ be preached, that he rose from the dead, I'll say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. I'll, I'll, 
how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So it is clear that there's, there's, there's a dispute in the Corinthian. So there's a dispute where some believe that there is no, no resurrection. They believe that there is no resurrection of the dead. So that's First Corinthians fifteen twelve, and I believe if for some of us that have read this uh, chapter, we see then where Paul began to explain explicitly things around the resurrection, resurrection of the dead, right? Talk about different different things about different stars. I start discussing glory. I'm, not, I'm just quickly paraphrasing, but I'm just I'm going to go to the thoughts that brought me here really. So. Uh, so there, there is. It's clear there is a dispute amongst the Corinthian uh, believers concerning the resurrection of the dead. And if you look at it, we also have, in a way, like I was saying, that I've seen some saying that there's no resurrection. And I believe, uh, I mean, they are also Christians too. So as it was in those days, there are still some in this day that believe that there is nothing like that. Um, just as we will see later, you know, you know, we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees who know the doctrine of resurrection, but some believe in it, some don't, right? And uh, it was a major, it was a major point of, uh, I mean, contention. I would say uh, between the two, because some believed, some doesn't. And if there, if there's anything like that, of course, there's going to be clash and confusion and you know, many not knowing what to believe, right? Not knowing whether, should we believe that <clears throat> there's resurrection or not, right? Or should we be like the Sadducees that opposed it, that there is no, no resurrection? Should we, should we be like them? But no, uh, this is to teach us and to clarify to us that uh, we should not be deceived. There is something or there is what we call resurrection of the dead. There is resurrection of the dead. And this resurrection of the dead is different from all kinds of cultural belief that Satan has propagated in order to taint this belief. Now, you might wonder why in some culture, I don't know about other cultures, but I believe in the Yoruba culture, they believe in what, what they call the dead, coming back and believing as a human being, even getting married and have kids. Now, so they call them Akudaya or something like that. So means that they, they died and they came back, they get married and all those kind of things. It's a belief, you know, it's a cultural belief. And in a way, if you become a Christian and you have that as a background too, it's possible that that, that kind of thought can also stain the uh, true teachings of resurrection. And in a way, it could also tamper with some beliefs also with the belief or with the actual teaching to make the resurrection settle, to make, to make us understand what resurrection is and what it is about, right? So all those, all those things that are there needed to be just removed and eroded away so that these things should, it should be clear to each and every one of us. So all those uh, mocky beliefs and uh, wrong teachings and doctrine concerning resurrection Hopefully, by God's grace, we'll, we'll be dealt with as we go through the book and we'll see clearly what resurrection of the dead is 
what is the hope and you know, why? Why should there be the resurrection, right? So I'll say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. So there's a conflict, like I was saying, conflict uh, in the Corinthians where some believe that there is resurrection and some believe that there is no resurrection, which Paul had to address, right? He had to address and speak explicitly about it. So if Paul had needed to address it, it means that we also needed to learn from it right? because it's important. And so that we don't you know, get confused about it, we understand what it is. And also, as we grow, we begin to see clearly where resurrection comes into play in our journey as we begin to grow in the Lord. Amen. All right. Now, to move forward, it says, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not reason? So if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not reason? Or is Christ not reason? And if Christ be not reason, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. It says, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not reason? Meaning, first of all, before you start arguing, there's the first place to look at. And this first place to look at, you can look at it like a foundation of our beliefs, the foundation of every single thing we are talking about today. Number one, you can't be born again without Christ. Number two, once you, because you have to believe that Jesus, right, is the son, we have to believe that Jesus died. Right, you have to believe because you have to believe. It's believing. You have to believe in His name. You have to believe in Jesus. If if you if and if you believe in Jesus, that means you must believe everything about Jesus. And if you must believe everything about Jesus, then you can't. We can't remove the aspect of His death and resurrection. So, because that is a major landmark for believers, and we are going to see why. Right, says, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? Of course, Christ is risen, as we've seen. You know, in scripture, he died, you know, of course, you know, flogged 40 strokes, right? Did, you know, they struck Jesus, you know, crucified him on the cross. He died, and then he rose again, right? So, Paul is then almost, it's almost like a rhetorical question, right? If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, I'll say some among you, I say, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen, right? Then begin to explain, right? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? Why? Because we can't be preaching if Christ did not rise from the dead. There won't be preaching if Christ did not rise from the dead. And... There, there won't be any faith that you, you won't have any faith. Why? Because your faith, our preaching, has a connection to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there is what God did with that resurrection of Jesus. Jesus, when he died on the cross, what he did is he buried sin. He's, he's also treating, Jesus was actually handling what, what he was, in a way, handling what is causing men to die is the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is almost like a is a typification of what must happen to every believers. 
So Jesus died. That means he swallowed up death, right? Jesus took sin, right? Buried it, annihilated sin, right? For all men. That doesn't mean that sin is not still present in, in men, right? But he's the, he's the first begotten of the dead. So he's the, he's, the, he's the one that makes it possible. Or Jesus made it possible for every believer to be able to receive the program of salvation, for be able to receive salvation is Jesus. Why? Because the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is almost like it's like a method of publishing work that is inside him. If Jesus did not die, all the work that is inside him, there would be a way to bring it to men. When I say bring it to men, in a, in a mass way, in a mass, it's like mass publication, mass production. They need to mass produce salvation in a way. So when Jesus died and he rose up from the dead, what he did is that he made it possible such that every one of us can be reasoned with him in our spirit, can, can experience what he experienced. We can, uh, we can partake of resurrection. How? In our spirit. Why? Because the first, the, when, when you get born again, the first, the first thing that happens to you is that resurrection takes place within your spirit. Now, when I say resurrection, what is that? It's the dead coming back to life. So whenever you see the dead coming back to life, you see that resurrection has taken place. Right? Resurrection takes place. So when we, when we are yet without sin, Christ died. So when we are in sin, Christ died. And when he died, what he did, right, by coming back to life, he made it possible such that our spirit can also receive resurrection. So when you get born again and we cry, oh, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I love you. What is happening is that the spirit of that soul or the spirit of that man has, is undergoing resurrection. So when you give your life to Jesus, resurrection takes place within the spirit of that man. But we're going to see later you know, what they're saying was what, what God's plan. So, I mean, Paul knows these things, so he so he, he knows exactly what this is about. That's why he's tying this argument. Not necessarily he's speaking, I believe, by the Spirit begins to speak by the Spirit and begin to tie this to Jesus. That Jesus died. He can't remove that. Now, why? Because Jesus could have just decided to grow, become everlasting, become eternal, and not die. But what would that do? For you and me, it means that there won't be a way to. It means that every single every single person by the, themselves will have to take the same road Jesus took. Which, by the way, we have no clue of what that way is. So it is Jesus that brought the way, the truth, and the life. It's through Him that and through His resurrection and death that we are able, we are able to. To partake of what he has. And, 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 and why, 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 why are we saying this? I think I'll quickly read Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Can we read Romans 5 verse 12? Is it 12? I think it's verse 12. But let me double check. Romans 5 verse 12. Eric. Uh, what does it say? Wherefore, 
as by one man sin entered into the world and yes. by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, now, see, by one man, right? Sin enters and death, death, what is it that word? Death passed upon all men. Now I realize the need for Jesus to ensure that somehow the death that passed upon all men, life or resurrection in a way, or I'm not using the word resurrection, but uh, you know, the, the, the same way death passed upon all men, God is also looking for a way to bring life to all men so that life can pass upon all men, right? The way of life can pass so, so that men can find the way of life. But let's, let's read further. Verse 13, for yes. until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Okay. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. That was to come. So we are seeing here that death has passed upon all men. So death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude. So they have not seen the way Adam sinned. So death reigned. When said when they said death is raining, it means that the order of the day, the life that men were 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 living is by death. So it's it's actually death. It's, it's death that men were living. So death was raining. That life of death was life because death is also a life in a way. Was raining, was raining over all men. So when I see that there's a need for us to come to life somehow. If death is, and this death that is upon all men, right, is death that is in our spirit, soul, and body, right? Why? Because when, like I said, when we get born again, our spirit experiences resurrection. Is resurrected. It is quickened. Let me put that word. It is quickened. It is brought back to life. Why? Because we were dead. We were dead in our spirit. Amen. So let's read further. Um, further, one second. Verse, um, let's read for, uh, verse 15. Now says, For not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto men. You see, said, if through the offense of one, many be dead. So through the offense of Adam, many be dead. Most of the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. You see, we are still tying this to Jesus again. So the more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, at abounded unto many. So there's a technology for it to abound unto many. Yeah. Without Jesus dying and resurrecting, it can't abound unto many. So Jesus needed to publish it out. <laughs> let's go to let's go to the to the see this thing. Let's deal with it. Let's look for a way for men to return to God. So let's first of all deal with death. How? Let's deal with sin. Carry it. Death swallowed up in victory. Jesus conquered death. He conquered the grave. So Jesus died. He himself. You know, we know this. This we all have heard. 
And if we have not, you know, we know that Jesus took upon him the sin of the whole world. We're going to see also why Jesus needed to do that later. Because we see the effect of sin, what sin does, right? So Jesus took sin of every, of the whole world, right? Of, he took the sin of the whole world, laid it upon, God laid it upon Jesus. Jesus took it upon himself and then he buried it in the grave. And died with it, went to hell. Destroyed it, and then he resurrected. And by doing so, there's a way for many. Meaning that death, even though death was still reigning upon all men, death shouldn't reign too much. When I say too much, means that there's a way for men to escape it. So God, Jesus, made a way for that. So it is clear why Paul can now refer to Jesus. So then Jesus, he says, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith and your faith is also vain. Meaning that without Jesus dying, I mean, then what are we preaching? Then what faith do you have? Because your faith is tied to that. That sacrifice, your faith is tied to it. So if you deny it, then what do you have? Are you by yourself? Did you resurrect yourself? Or did you have the thing that you have called the spirit, the gift that you have? Did you have it by yourself? No, it's impossible. So I believe I'm saying this just to make us see the importance of, of resurrection. Right? Just like they were arguing here that there is no resurrection. And Paul had to <laughs> you know, come in and you know, deal with this issue and begin to explain that resurrection you can't remove it. It's tied to Jesus. Jesus died. In short, the reason why every, every, every we, we all celebrate Christianity today, why? Because Jesus died and he rose again. Yes, sir. And then on Easter, I just part will say, yes, he is risen. He is risen. There's a reason why we, we, are, we are joyful that he is risen. Because death is defeated. Like we, that, that, that is also a sign that each time we remember that, it's also a sign that, no, we'll become perfect. It's a sign that, ah, so Jesus defeated death. Death is followed up. It means that no matter where death is lying within me, within my spirit, so God will remove it. There's, a, there's an end to it. That's so Jesus came to show. He died. He resurrected. Showing us that it is possible to defeat death. That's right. So Paul tied all this, you know, he started and he was explaining that. So resurrection, you can't remove resurrection from teaching. You can't remove it. You can't remove res uh, resurrection of the dead. It has to be part of what we know. Our faith is also tied to it in a way. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's now go further. So in this book now, right, uh, in this chapter eight, is we're looking at, we're looking at defining what death is. Or, or sorry, who, who are the dead? We're looking to define who are the dead. So, well, because, I mean, we'll see later as well, because you can, you wonder what does it mean to die, right? So for the purpose of this you know, lesson, we'll see, we'll define who are, who are the dead here. So who refers to a person, so dead. So the people that are dead, so who are the dead, who or who dies? So, um. It says, Adam died in his spirit when he disobeyed God. So I believe uh, in that Romans chapter 5 that we were reading, I think we were saying 
uh, where, 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 where I was referring to, you know, death passing upon all men. Of course, in verse 14, it says, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So it started from Adam, right? And Adam as the first man, right, who sinned. So he died when he did that. So he died in his spirit. Even though he has some measure of life still in his soul and in his body. Why? Because it took time. Because of the nature of the soul, for Satan, before Satan could eliminate the life or, or bring the death in the spirit of man to his soul and eventually to his body. And we can see the effect of that over time that when Adam sinned and he died in his spirit, he was still living very long. They were living about a thousand, they were living a day, they were living about a thousand, about a thousand years. And no, the scripture says a thousand years is like a day before the Lord, right? So they were living a thousand, they were living a, about a thousand years. We check, check all of them. Most of them, their, their lifespan was close. Then we begin to see over time. And then you see that there is something intertwined between the, the, the degrading of their life, right? Sorry, intertwined between the length of their life and how they are living. Yes, sir. So meaning sin as a role to play, right? So the, the moment Adam died, like they said, death passed, death reigned from Adam, right? And in verse 12, it says, as one by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin, right? So by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Because the soul that sin shall die, right? So Adam died in his spirit. When he disobeyed God, as we've seen in that Romans verse 12, where sin entered into the world, right? And between verse Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 6, you now begin to see that you have some that were of the lineage of Adam who live righteously, who they call the sons of God. And then you have another who is from the lineage, right, of Cain, right, who they refer to later as the daughters of men, right? Who, of course, the daughters also, uh, I mean, are the, are the female, right? The daughters. Because, of course, they also, they also have uh, sons as well. So sons, of, sons and daughters of Cain, right? Like we have sons and daughters of God. So, but they are trying to show us that there is a, a link. I mean, how you, how you merge for, for, for there to be a male, there has to be a male and a female. So they refer to the sons of God who marry the daughters of men. Now, one of one thing that is clear about the daughters uh, of men, right, is that they carry that life who that is that is seriously intertwined with sin. Oh. Unlike the sons of God, whose life were not as intertwined as they are, because they are still referred to. As sons of God, and these are men, not angels. Yes, sir. Right. So this, because you can see them in as, as they were given the generations of Adam, right? The given generations of Adam in chapter four, I believe, right? And they begin to see chapter five, chapter by chapter six. Jesus, uh, see Jesus. God now said that my speech shall no longer strive with men. Why? Because he's also he has also become flesh. My speech shall no longer strive. Has become flesh, and the number of the day shall be 120. I believe 20, 125. 
remember 25, 220, right? Meaning that his days were now further reduced. It wasn't as if God was just cursing him. God was just saying what is happening. He has become flesh. And the lifespan of a very strong flesh, a very, when I say strong flesh, I'm not talking about, no, ah, you're working in flesh. You get what I mean? I mean, a strong, that flesh, a very strong flesh that he that was, that says days with one and 20, meaning that a very good one that is not as bad. <laughs> it's bad though, but it's not as bad. However, for him, it's 120. But that flesh has, has kept dying. Now, I believe in Sam, they now said that, sorry, your life cannot even be more than 70. All right. Right. So, and if you look at the lifespan today, if, 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 if it has not dropped to, I, I can't remember what the number was, somehow it has, it has dropped from that 70 if you look at it. Uh, Why? Because the more men journey in perdition, the more death will move into their body. And the more death move into their body, the less they live. If men keep doing evil and keep giving themselves to sin, you'll get to a point that men won't live more than 20 years. Yes. It's possible. Sir. That no, 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 no. Why? Because the more men give themselves to sin, the more the Lord needs to shorten their days. Why? So that they won't drive sin. Yeah. Quickly into perfection. Huh. It's like you know that okay, you have very low tendency to, to kill. So the, because of that, we'll, we'll, we'll not quickly kill you. Right? But if every single second you are killing, you are killing, you know what? We need to remove you. Before you destroy every or the whole universe, we need to remove you quickly. Why? Because you are a blood, you are a blood sucker. So that, that's like the treatment. It's almost like a program that Lord has said, no, 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 no. You can't. You, flesh is not designed to live long. The more you live in a, in a corrupted, I'm not saying the corrupted flesh, Terribly corrupt, you can't live too long, which is why when we sin, sin can there's there's a sense of death we feel in our spirit. So and that's why men should not be touching sin too much. I say too much because I'm trying to be nice. But it's not sin is not something we should be playing with, it's not something we should be romancing and kissing and and, and laughing with, you know, like like Adam, like Eve was talking to, to the serpent. You know, although the serpent deceived that, you know, you know, you know did, the Lord, did the Lord really say that you should not eat from the tree? Of course, you know. How did you know that the Lord said something in the first place? Yeah. If, if now answered, mm, he said, not this one, but you know, say out of all the tree, but this one we should not. We can eat everything else, but this one we should not. Yeah. <laughs> it means don't dialogue with sin. Yeah. There's a response. There's a response. That they've given there's there's a there's an answer they've given us, mm. and it is run at the appearance. Mm. Appearance, you say it looks like it, just it just looks smells like it. Run. Jesus. And what, what what could that be? Being careful, you know, just being careful. It could be, it could be being careful about where we go. You know, more time we spend in the place, you know, things like that. But anyway, let's leave that aside. Uh, I'm just talking that, but uh, wow. So Adam died in the spirit, like I was saying, just explaining the aspect. So Adam died in his spirit, 
when he disobeyed God. So death passed upon all. And like I was saying, men, as, as death was passing upon all flesh or upon all men, right, he was killing the life, he was killing gradually. He, he removed the life in the soul because sin, either sin or life, it progresses from the spirit of man. And, it's, they, both, and they both have an intention to move into that soul of the man and into the body of the man because they want to fool the same man. Man can't be saved in his spirit and not be saved in his soul. Man can't be saved in his spirit and his body is falling. Or let's say this way, that man can't be saved in his body, even though it is not, it's not possible for you to be saved in your body first. If you are saved in your body, it will not count. You must be saved in your spirit. But let's just assume that may say you are saved in your body and then you are not saved in your soul. Or you are saved in your body and you are not saved in your spirit. Or you are saved in your spirit, but not saved in your soul or your body. Or you are saved in your soul alone, but not your spirit and body. Hmm. It doesn't work that way. There is, there is a progression of things. First from your spirit, then it moves into your soul, then your body. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the progression of things ahead. So we're not talking about, you know, maybe uh, you know, enter the body and they start making, no, we're just talking about the progression, the progression of life or death within a man. It moves from your spirit to your soul and then to your body. So that's, and no God is wise. That's why when God saved us, he lightened the candle in our spirit. He, he, he turned on the light. It was a dark place, just turn on the light. Yes, that light shine inside this, 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 this spirit. So the spirit was kindled. And the moment that happened, all of a sudden, we were connected to God in such a way that the life of God can flow, the spirit of God can flow Amen. Amen. So Adam died. So let me move further. I believe I was talking about the, the death. Right? So seeing, looking at that death or death, passing upon all, right? <laughs> so through Adam's disobedience, through his disobedience, sin entered the world. Death reigned from the human spirit. Ah, um, uh, that, this is what I'm saying, actually. It's already here. So death reigned from the human spirit to the soul, you see? So death reigned from the human spirit to the soul. And we can see in these Romans that we just read, right? Yes, sir. In verse 14, it says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. And so we are, we are seeing the explanation where the thought is flowing. So death reigned from the human spirit to the soul and finally to the body. Yes, so there's a progression of, of death from the spirit to the soul, then to the body. So therefore, the dead are those who have experienced death in their body. Mm. So now, when I'm looking at, okay, who are the dead? So those are the ones that have experienced death in their body. Now, I need to explain this quickly. You know, as I was explaining this, I mentioned earlier that men used to live long, right? Yes. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is that man was not designed to die at all in his body. That death in the body was not something they should find in man. What bring about that was as a result of sin that entered. 
somehow, somehow, the death in the spirit found its way into the body. And like I was saying earlier, that they also needed to shorten. And, and I'm also seeing that part of the reason why they have to shorten it is that the strength in the body, because of, the, of righteousness or life inside of it, has been removed because man became flesh. So, and it's like this. It's like you are removing what glued something together. The moment you remove it, you have weakened the, the bond. It's like, it's the bond. So, so what? Can I explain this quickly? Uh, it's like, I'm trying to use a bond, but I'm thinking science and I'm also thinking, but generally, so when you have a bond, there are bonds generally is what glue things together. So for example, now a table you have, the reason why a table is glued together and standing is because there are bonds together in the element of that table. Yes, sir. So that table have elements inside. You can't see it. It's in the is is in the molecular level. Sir. <laughs> right. Is in that is in the lower lower lower, lower level whereby you won't, when you look you look look at it with a microscope you won't see a table you'll just be seeing you'll be seeing. Uh, just elements, yes, just elements, and those all. I don't know how many of us like chemistry or have seen chemistry. You just see, I, I there's one particular part of chemistry I didn't used to like. Is all those ones that they call hydrocarbon, and it's very simple. Okay. Organic chemistry. For some of us, that organic chemistry tormented tormented us. It tormented me in school. Yes, the the initial aspect of organic chemistry was simple. Why? Because we're just elements, protons, neutrons. <laughs> that was very simple. Element, okay. Neutrons, okay. What is hydrogen? You have two H2O. Okay, you have two hydrogen, oxygen. Okay. How many? So they are telling, they began, in, in an electron, they begin to tell us how they arrange themselves. Right? So you're saying two, 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 one, right? And they are telling us, then later they begin to explain how things bond. For example, H2O, right? So two hydrogen and one oxygen. So they begin to tell us, there is, there is actually a, a bond between hydrogen and oxygen that makes it H2O, meaning water, right? So the water you are drinking that looks just fluid like that, yes, sir. actually containing two elements in different proportions. So one is hydrogen, one is oxygen. Um, so which means that when you separate those two, the water you are looking at is not what you see anymore. It's something else. Uh, when they separate the bond, you won't see water anymore, meaning that they reduce the, the strength of water. Hmm. So because it is the what, what it is, uh, the strength of water has been weakened. The element can't bond as water anymore. You can look at look at just look at that technology in the soil as well, whereby when you remove. D, I'm, I'm rushing. I, didn't, I don't think I finished that thought well, but that, but for us that know chemistry, you know, that, that there's, okay, but I guess the, the part that is important that I have to mention is there is in bonding between hydrogen and oxygen. So there is two, there is the aspect of oxygen that must connect with hydrogen to bond. So. And, and they have different strength level. They have, they have, each bond have its strength level. And part of what they can do to, to weaken the, the, the bond is they can either reduce the, ele the 
electrons or increase it. And the moment they do that, all, all they are just doing is removing the balance yes, between the hydrogen and the oxygen. So the moment they destabilize the balance, the bond weakens. So what sin is doing is destabilizing the balance in man. The moment it destabilizes that, what it will do is it will reduce the strength that it has. So what sin began to do to the body is that it begins to, like you remove the, what glues the body together, what makes it strong. So maybe sin entered and then did something to make sure that nothing is not, things are not balanced anymore. Yes, and then what happened? The body is weak. Then man can now die. Meaning his body can now fall to the ground. Man's body was not designed to fall to the ground. But now it can fall. Now, and in explaining this, this technology, I'm also seeing this again, that when you have man, spirit, soul, and body, there's a way they're also glued together. Yes, so when something is weakened, it's possible for the spirit and soul to leave the body. It means they separate the strength there. Hmm. And that is why it's possible for man to die today. Yes, sir. For man to, it's possible for the body to fall to the ground. Hmm. So that's, that's the consequence of men giving themselves continually to sin. So let's go further. So by, as a result of the, the body, right, the body can fall down. And then we are defining who are the dead. So the, the dead here are those who have shed off their earthly tent or body. That is, those whose spirit and soul have left their bodies. Those whose spirit and soul have left their body. So you know man is traumatized. Spirit, man, a man is a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. So. The body is what is needed. The earthly suit is what is needed to walk this earth. Yes, sir. Right? It's, des it's, des it's initially designed as part of what a man is, a suit that a man needs, right? Yes, sir. For him to be able to function as a man on earth, he needs his body. That is why even if God is going to do something. He always uses man, right? Yes, sir. He can't just come and just, I mean, in the affairs, when it comes to the affairs of men in a, in a way, when it comes to the things of man, God makes you, God, or the spirits always come through men. Why? Because man has the legal right to action things on. Now, that is why both God and evil spirit, they try to, that soul of man, they try to get it, right? Mm. Because our bodies are very important. It's, it's very crucial. It's not, it's not, our body is not ordinary. That is why we should also you know, keep our body. That body must be kept. That is why that body must also be looked after, take, taking good care of it. Also keep ourselves so that we don't fall into sin with our body. No, those ones that you know that are easily obvious, you know, like things like fornication, adultery, and all those things. So it's also to it's good to also know that our body is very crucial. If it's not crucial, 
Satan won't try to lay accusation on the body of Moses. Yeah. Why? It's just a body. Forget about it. No, he said, no, let me lay accusation. Let me stain that body. That body, let me just touch it with my leprous hand. Then the angel rebuked him. The Lord rebuked thee, Satan. So our body is very important. But let's, let's go for that. I, I believe I was just you know, trying to quickly define who are the dead here. So for the purpose of the you know, of this class, the dead are those that their bodies, right, are falling to the earth. Or let me put it this way. Those that have shed off, let me say, let me not use falling. Those that have shed off, use the language that the book used as well. Because shed off gives a different sense than falling. And so those who have shed off their earthly tent, whose spirit and soul have left their bodies. So this is why, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen movies where somebody maybe died and then they will say they, will, they saw their body down. They were looking at their body. They were hovering in the air and they looked at their body. Maybe they went to heaven and then they got there and then maybe the Lord or an angel appeared to them and said, no, your time is not yet. Go back. When they are going back, there's a reason why they don't land in somebody else's body. Mm. Or pick up a body in the grave and enter it. You know those movies where you watch somebody's soul enter another body and it's all fake? It's just movie so that it will entertain you and me. There, everybody's body has an ID. It has an identification. Your body is identified to you. Yes, so when they when the when the spirit and soul leave, they can see. I just wanted to explain that concept. You know, maybe when we watch movies or maybe somebody mentioned they, they look and they were seeing their bodies. Right? They are seeing their body. I mean, they seen their body and they look at ah, they decide to go. And they, the angel say, no, go back. The time is not yet. And then they suddenly they move back into their body. Right? And also, we also see the same uh, experience with Kenneth Egging you know, when he was young and you know, he, he said he was sick as a child. And then he said he just suddenly felt leave his body and he was descending into, into hell. Then later, the Lord sent him back. Right? <clears throat> and he went back into his body. And you know, those times, right, it is clear that the spirit and soul can be separated from the body. And when they do so, the person does not have any control over their body anymore. So they can say that the, the, the body or the man is dead, but it's actually, it's, it's actually the body that was shed off. So what was what's remaining is just the carcass. Mm. Is the is the machine that the person is using? It's like it's like you have a house, right? And then you live in the house, right? Yes, so when you leave the house, the house is empty. There's nothing there. Yes, sir. Right. So, for example, if I leave my house and I go to work or go somewhere else, when I'm not when I'm not in my house, I'm not living in my house. Meaning that my house is dead. Yes, sir. Dead to what? Dead to activities of you know, I'm not there doing things. That's what I mean. Okay, just I'm just using uh, a way to just explain. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just using that to give us a sense. So when the spirit soul has left the body, we consider such person dead, but they are not dead fully. Right, we'll see when I say they're not there, meaning that 
their spirit, their spirit and soul is not dead like their body is, right? That it can't move, that it can't do anything. Hey, they are still functioning in the spirit. But when that happens, there are two, you can function in two places. And we'll see that as we go ahead. So let me go further down. I think I've said a lot about this next thing, but I'll just go, I'll just speak a bit. So uh, we need to look at factors that work with death, right? So what are the factors that, that work with death? Mm-hmm. As you've seen earlier, right? And I've mentioned, I was explaining, I guess this is to make it easier. As I was explaining the, the technology of how sin moved from the spirit of man into his body, right? And I mentioned that by one man, sin entered. And so one of the major factors, right? One of the major reasons why death came into humanity. I think I've explained this earlier. Right? Okay. Why death came into humanity, right? Is sin. Sin is the major reason why death came into humanity. So for the purpose of um, understanding, I know we've read Romans 5, 12. Let's also read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56. Let's read that quickly. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So the sting of death is sin. So you see now that death has a sting, has a weapon. Uh, yes, sir. And that is sin. Yes, sir. Meaning that if death wants to kill a soul, or the way death can enter, is it has to sting with yeah. sin. So we can say that when Adam took of the fruit, what happened is that something just stung him, released the poison, venom, into his spirit. And that venom killed his spirit. So sin is the major reason why death came to him. And the moment sin entered, uh, that's how death can reign. Why? All that all, all, all death needs to do is just keep, keep stinging. Sting, 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 sting. And then kill, 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 kill. Right? So sin is death's weapon. So it's the, reason, it's the major reason why death came into humanity. Right? Like I was saying, the daughters of men that gave themselves hmm, to the sons of God, or the sons of God that married the daughters of men, they took for themselves. They didn't, they didn't consider God's choice. They decided we're going to marry these daughters. And in marrying them, what they did, because what they did is also a, is a bonding. Mm. Just like I was explaining earlier, that when you weaken a bond, it is easy to break it. Like I was saying, for example, that table I was saying when you look into the molecular level, if you break the bonds that put that table together, what that table would, would turn to would be dust. Why? Because nothing will be put together here. So when sons of God move into the daughters of men, what they did is they weakened, they just weakened, because what was going to come out of that is a weakened man. They, they, have, they, they, they messed up with the balance of man by marrying each other. They messed up with the balance. And therefore, their life could no longer go beyond 120 as at that time. My speech are no longer stressed. So what made or what created imbalance is that sin 
right? <laughs> so when sin is upon all, all flesh or all man, death is part. Sin is working. Sin will continue to work to make sure that death is reigning. Death is reigning. The moment you start removing sin, death will be losing its power. Death will be losing its power. Once you remove sin, death will be losing its power. Death will lose its power. The moment sin is gone, death cannot lay hold of anything anymore. Uh, There's nothing death can hang on to. Amen. amen. So let's read that 1 Corinthians 15, 56 again and then move further. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56. The sting of death is sin mm-hmm. and the strength of, this, of sin is the law. Mm-hmm. So sin too gets strength, but we're not going to talk too much about that. So just explaining factors that works with death. So it works with death. So sin works hand in hand with death. Is there sin and de- sin and death? They, they shake hands. Yes, sir. That is why we we'll see that the Lord wants to deliver us from the law of sin and death. Yes, sir. So death has a strength. Is sin. Sin as its strength is the law. God must deliver us from the law of sin and death so that we can have the law of life or the law of the spirit of life. So sin is the major reason why death came into humanity. So when death has fully taken over man, right? I'm just reading from the book. The body decays and the soul and spirit of an unbeliever, I have to clarify that, goes to hell. So like I was saying earlier, that when the body falls, when somebody is dead, right, the body is shed off. When a man shed off his body, earthly body, it's not fully there, right, because they go somewhere. Yes, sir. Hmm. So the spirit and soul is not yet dead in the sense that it can't function. That's what I mean. Right? Because you can, depending on, which we'll see later, depending on how somebody has journeyed in righteousness, it's possible that they could have fully eliminated the sin and death from their sin. And it's possible that they didn't fully eliminate it. There's still some, some stain. Although they're a child of God and they can go to heaven. Hmm. What that stain just simply means is that their garments won't be as nice like some that are fully saved. Understand? Okay. But that is for some, for some other time. However, I want to focus more on what we are looking at today. So it says, the body decays and the soul and the spirit of an unbeliever goes to hell. So if somebody is an unbeliever does not believe in Jesus and they die, meaning their body, shed, their spirit and soul sheds off the body <clears throat> for one reason or the other, they go straight to hell. Right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So we see that these are the things that act on the dead. So sin is a major thing. Major, major. Okay? Sin and death. So hell is the home of the unsaved after they have put off their earthly body. That's just what I was just mentioning. But just to uh, buttress that, let's read Luke chapter 16. 
We'll read from verse 20 to 25. Luke 16, 20 to 25. Yes. And there was a certain regular named Lazarus, Lazarus. laid at, at his gate, full of mm-hmm. sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and set Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 5. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. So we see here, right, through Lazarus and the rich man, right? Now, what we are taking away from here is that, see that rich man, even though he was rich, they are still telling us in a way that he's, he's a non-believer. Yes, sir. And when he died, what did he go straight to hell? And he was begging Lazarus. Who we can see here is a person, a personified believer. He's a believer, right? Who went into Abraham's bosom, saying, ah, please come, give me water. They're saying, no, sorry. They are even telling, later if you read, they say, we see where they, they told him that, sorry, you can't pass from where you are to where we are. Neither can we come here and go there. You have to stay where you are. We can't come and give you water. But they're just telling us that when, an unbeliever dies where they go straight to his hell. Why? Because they are not saved in their spirit. There is no, there is no means to halt their dissension into hell. Yes, so therefore, when they die, they just go straight there. Now, we also see this also when Kenneth Egan was sharing his story before uh, when he was on his bed, sick bed. So he for, for some time, he just left his body. And nothing, nobody was pushing him. He just began to descend straight into the pit. And he felt it. And that time, that means he must have been an unbeliever at the time. Even though his parents were, you know, believers. Or maybe the Lord was just trying to show him something. But he was descending. And then the Lord appeared and halted that journey. And sent him back. So God made a provision. For him to be to return back into his body. So it's clear that when men die, they, 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 the first thing that happens before, before resurrection. I want to say before resurrection, we'll see that later. I'm talking about on the last the last trump <laughs> that we'll see later. So there's a there's going to be a, there's going to be an actual resurrection. The reason why we're even talking about this is this is part of it, right? Where there is going to be a resurrection whereby everything will be resurrected. So both the dead and the living, they will go through resurrection, whereby they return to the, and at that resurrection, there will be judgment, but we'll get there. 
Anyways, so let's read further. Let's let's go from here. But I, I'll just mention you. Know, sorry that I'm going ahead of myself a bit, but let me just stay here. So hell, so hell is the home of unsaved after they have put off their earthly body, their earthly body, right? So, um, I've I've given the example you know, of of uh, uh, Papa Egan now, Daddy Kenneth Egan. Um, Let's go further in characteristics of the dead. So the dead have characteristics. Ah, I, I like this part because this is the one that you know, deals with you know, weird cultural beliefs. I like that. It says characteristics of the dead. So I mean, when somebody is there, what are, what are the things you can associate with it? What, what are the characteristics? What do they do? So the deception of Satan has also blindfolded many people. Just reading from the book, says concerning it. So the deception of Satan has also blindfolded many people concerning the dead. So they believe that the dead have influence on the earth. That is to bless, protect, curse, or even marry. That is not true because it is not biblical. So we are going to see the characteristics of the dead here. So in case, like I was saying, in case you're a Yoruba person and you know you've heard of Akudaya, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's for us as from Nigeria and you know in Yoruba, but there are other cultures. I don't know much about. Maybe I think some of those cultures intertwine actually, right? But it is it is it is a belief yes. that the dead can come and be watching over you, <laughs> or they can place a course. Yes, sir. In the case of maybe somebody caused their death, they will say one row, meaning that they empower the dead to come and take revenge. Wow. They are, they are all demonic lies. Yes, sir. Mm, it's not the dead that will rise and come and do that. It's an evil spirit. Yes, sir. So, they, so there are different kinds of... And also, when you watch movies and you mm. see maybe a spirit coming and it's protecting and you feel good, Right? <laughs> Because it's protecting your favorite character. Ah, I don't want that character to die. Oh, they are <laughs> just know that it's just a movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, especially you know, when we're emotionally you know, involved in the movie. <laughs> this yeah. person has suffered, then you can ask maybe maybe the, the dead of maybe one of the parents or or lover or something they will now come and be watching over them, cause blessings to come there, we maybe cause somebody to bless them. Maybe a job or different things uh, is a lie. Okay. Those are what, those are those are what we call the doc, doctrines of those are men's doctrines, men that came up with all those things. Mm. There are also doctrines of demons too, in a way, right? Because I mean, I just know it's for entertainment. You are watching it just now because it's possible that those 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 as you are watching those things, you can so subconsciously install a belief if if there is no scripture or understanding against those things and it can flow into beliefs such that you may not know you know we are all journey and we're all christians and we're just going about our day but there are things inside that we believe that is wrong which will definitely limit our spiritual growth as we are growing those things why because when we grow or as we are journeying spiritually, understanding is important. 
Because in a way too, understanding can encourage faith. Why? If you know you can pray to God and God can answer your prayers, it gives you faith to pray. Hmm. You can encourage your faith. It is also possible for those such beliefs to remove faith. Why? Because you just be afraid. You want to quote scripture, you quote scripture in fear. All those kind of things can weaken a believer's strength. Where faith ought to be installed, it will put fear, weakness. Things you should ignore that you know that are naughty, like some of us that used to dream in the past and believe that when you dream it in your sleep. It's poison. <laughs> it's poison or only routine. Although we are talking about it, I don't know. I, 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 it's just a good example to give you here. You, know, you just believe that when you eat in your sleep, <laughs> evil spirit. It's all lies. It's all lies. It's possible if you are hungry. See, many times if you are hungry and you go to bed, you can dream of food. Especially if you have a, if you have a food in mind. <laughs> that you have been fantasizing, ah, let me eat this chicken and 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 rice, jollof rice. Okay. <laughs> You can enter dream and then you'll be seeing jollof rice and chicken everywhere. Does that mean if you eat it, all of a sudden evil, evil, evil spirit have attacked you? No. Just, even if they try to attack you, there's what scripture says. says they shall, these are the signs that will follow them that believe. Say they shall chop poison. Sorry, let me use chop. They shall eat poison. And it shall not harm them. If we believe in the word, if you say they shall eat, so means that anything that they give me is I sleep, eat it and they're full. Mm. No, some of us we feel we have overcome. If, if, if we say Jesus' name, I'm not eating that thing, we feel we have overcome. We can also overcome by eating it. Mm. I'm just trying to remove fear. That's what I'm Yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we are no most of us, I'm sure most of us are like that, you know. Yeah. But, but I just so the things about these beliefs is that they weaken faith. That's that's mostly what they do. All these uh, doctrines, cultural doctrines that is not established in scripture, they weaken faith. They 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 weaken position and posture in the spirit. And a major part also is that they are they ensure that we pray a miss. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why? Because when we are praying without understanding, we pray amiss. For example, somebody that believes that if they eat, they will die or something inside a dream and they, they woke up and they start praying. Of course, they'll be praying, Lord, I must, I must, I must, let, let me vomit this food. Like some of us that used to pray, me, I used to pray that prayer. You see, you know, that's what I learned now. But it's, immediately I wake up, Lord, I caught some 91 inside water, drink it, and then, and then, Start saying, I vomited in Jesus' name. Wah, wah. Trying, to, trying to make sure I vomit something invincible, you know. As if I have vomited it. Not be so. It was just me trying to react to what I was <laughs> saying. Right? So those things have a way of making us pray amiss or be how Paul 
called the Corinthians in verse 12. So he are carried onto these dumb idols. It means we will not be wise spiritually. So if we are carried onto dumb idols, it means we will be dumb too, spiritually. So that's what all these things, all these beliefs. And the thing is that you can hear this now and still maybe not truly believe it and say, you know, somehow. How to deal with things like this is to believe the word. As you are hearing it, believe even if, even if you have not established, just believe it. If you are not established in scripture yet, but you no, know, this scripture we are looking at, believe it. Yes, sir. The body. Let's go. Let's go. I've talked about that. Let me go for that. So the deception of Satan, right? As that okay, that uh, the dead can influence on the earth, right? To bless, protect, curse, or even marry. <laughs> I don't know. No Russian. Just take this. So. The dead can't bless, they can't protect, they have no right to, they can't cause. In short, the okay, I'm trying to explain something now in my mind. I'm trying to find a clear way to do that. Because it says, okay, bless the, the dead can bless, protect, curse, or even marry. Right? So the dead, if they are dead, they can't come and curse. That's so. Right, well, maybe somebody dream and say, maybe saw their ancestors or big, 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 and then they maybe personally curse, and then or maybe you're doing just maybe somebody curse, and then you're like, ah, they curse. No, the dead does not curse, and they cannot even marry. Right, like I mentioned in the Yoruba culture here, where they believe that the dead can come back and they I don't know if anybody here. I know it's a long, it's an old movie. It's an old Yoruba movie that says Ronke uh, Oshodioke. It's Oshodioke. That's the title. And Oshodioke is a is a place in Lagos, right? And apparently, somebody that was dead, you know, met somebody in that area. They got married, have kids. At the end, they found out that that person was was dead. That it was actually a dead person that came back. To life, partly to revenge dead and also to live a life. I don't remember the movie, but that was the main, the main, that was the main uh, part of the movie that the dead came back. No. And I think recently I was watching a show. It was also a cultural one too. And the person was Yoruba and talking and they said that, oh, they know somebody that was dead that came back, got married because they, didn't, they never had a kid before they died, got married had kids, and was allowing the husband to prosper because the person had power to do so, which were all lies. And, this, and they also saw, talked about a story of how somebody came back to life to warn a business partner because the business partner was not taking care of his family. He came, appeared to, the bro- appeared to different people that know him to warn him, and he didn't respond. Then the dead person himself now went to meet the guy in his office. That was all sto- just as I'm telling this story, just know it's, I mean they believed it, but it's a story, just know it's a story. And I'm saying that so that you know that it's not what this thing they are saying is not true. If they see is if they see the person, they said everybody saw the person in the market and they know that the person has died, it's because they all believe in those lies. So they all see it. They all believe it. So all those things are lies. Is impossible. So let's see what the scripture says about these things, right? About the dead, the dead, 
the dead coming to life. So it says the body, <laughs> let's, one thing we look at is this. The body without the spirit is dead. What does that mean? It means for a body to be functional, there has to be a spirit in that body. Yes, now let's read James 2, verse 26. James 2, 26. Um, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so mm -hmm. faith without works is also. So as the body without spirit is dead. Meaning that if you have a body, you remove the spirit and the soul, it is dead. And that's what happens. When somebody sheds off their earthly suit, when somebody is dead, what has happened? Hey, the person is dead though means that the spirit and body, the spirit, sorry, the spirit and soul left the body. They were separated from the body. And there are different ways that that can happen. For example, now, I don't know why that came to me. So, for example, you know, um, people can sleep, right, and not wake up. That's one. Different thing can happen. Maybe an accident. In the case of an accident, it's almost like a trauma. Yeah. It's like a trauma that kicked the spirit and soul out of the body because the, through that trauma, the body was too weak to hold the spirit and the soul. So the body, sorry, the, the spirit and the soul left the body and that's how the person can die. So one thing is clear is that when the body can no longer or is not strong enough to hold the spirit and the soul, it's possible for people to die. So in the case of maybe let's say diseases or um, um, Sudden accident, sorry, and you say what? No, sudden, sudden death, sudden, <laughs> sudden death, accident, all those things. It's possible that something happens suddenly, right? That the body can't hold the spirit and the soul anymore. Right? That's different, interesting, but I'm not going to go too much into that. I'm just explaining different things. But one of the things, one thing is certain when the bond between the body and the spirit. Is weakened, they will separate. And you can tell, you know, for example, when a man is alive, you can tell that there's still some will to be in that body. As everybody's walking about, you can tell there's a strong will within within that shows that the the, the, the spirit and soul still want to be in the body. Yes, but just say that, that this, the, this, this, the body without the spirit is dead. And we'll also see an example here, right? As we can see, uh, it's not, uh, that when creation happened, that's the first thing we saw, right? Let's read Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Yes. Thus the heaven and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Mm -hmm. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it it had rested from all his work which God created and made. Okay, verse 4. That's four. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Okay. In the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, 
and every plant and field before it was in the earth, and every herb and field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there, but there was not a man, that was fascinating, but there was not a man to till the ground, right? Yeah. So that telling us in chapter two here that God has finished creation, mm. but there was no man to till the ground. Mm. Yes, sir. Where is man? So man existed, he was just not in a body. <laughs> yes, sir. Right? So because they told us in chapter one, right? In chapter one. So. Verse around verse 25 says, And God made the beast, blah, blah, blah. And then in verse 26, and said, God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Right? So in verse 27, said, God, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So they are telling us in chapter one that he created Adam and Eve already. So, right? So God created man, say male and female, created he them. In chapter one, God created Adam and Eve, but we don't see them in chapter two because there was no man. Means that they existed. But God has not given them a earthly suit yet. Then in verse 6, we see that they went up a mist. Okay, let me read it. Let's, let's read that. Go to verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. That's, sorry, 6 to 7. Actually, let's read 6 to 7. Verse 6. But they went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You see, a man became, we are seeing the technology here, how God made man. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, that sir. without the body, Adam was there, but he couldn't function on the earth as man. Then God had to use the dust. God made a suit for him, earthly suit. Right? Yes, Out of the dust of the ground. And then the moment God breathed into his nostril, God breathed the breath of life into the nostril. So God used a technology, used spirit to merge man into the body. And then that man became a living soul. Is that that dust that God used to form the man came alive. It's like a statue coming alive. So, right? so God, like, just, just creating a movie. Like God created a statue. And then breath. And then that's the technology. Spirit. The, the spirit, the major. Yes, sir. Took the technology of the spirit to infuse man into body. At least suit. So there's a bond. There's still a bond between spirit, soul, and body. So the, the dust that God formed was dead. It was nothing. Until the spirit and soul of man entered into that body and animated the body. And then man became a living soul. So it's like a technology that God, God's wise technology 
to create man. So God moved. So man now has a body. He then cannot begin to walk upon the earth as a man. He can walk upon it. If he was walking, chapter one, if he has been walking upon the earth before, he was walking as a spirit, you can't see him. But now you can by because they've animated the body. So I'm using this to explain to us that without the without the spirit, the body is dead. That's all. Meaning that the body has no, is not animated, is not moving. Right? The body without the spirit is dead. It is dead. So that's one of the characteristics of the dead. Second one, they are ignorant of all human affairs and have no passion, have no human passion. So for those that think that the dead can come alive and begin to marry and have money, it's a very carnal thought. Yes, sir. But let's read Ecclesiastes 9, verse uh, chapter 5 to 6. You can tell that the, person, the people that created this thought, and, or let's say they are, they are kind of because they, they, they like the earth too much. But of course, it's evil spirit that brought the thought right, that, you know, you can, after you are dead, you can come back and marry him. You know, why would you want to marry? But let's read it, please. Let's read it. Because that is nine, five to six. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither yes. have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. See, the, the dead have no, no what? For, for the, they have no reward. Yeah, they have no reward. So for the, the, the dead know nothing. No nothing. When the dead doesn't know anything, if they don't know anything, then they won't know that they need to marry. The living know that they are going to die one day. Why? Because they are still alive. So they know. But the moment they cross over, the, the, that body no, no, does not know anything again. In short, it has no memory. The memory is tied to the soul. Yes, so once the spirit and the soul leave the body for that, that's what, the memory is gone with it. So all you just have on the ground is a carcass. But that's beautiful that so we establish this point. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. You see, they don't have any portion in anything, anything that is done under the sun. Meaning that this one, that all of us are still going to work and we're trying to make ends meet, they don't have no worry about that. They can't do any of those. They can, and they can't marry to have kids because the time has passed. <laughs> They can't come and marry. If 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 they're there, they are there and they still desire to come back and marry so they can have kids or different. I'm just saying because that's that's one of the most uh, most common one that they say you know in the culture and say that they don't have a child so they can come back and have a child and they can go. Or like, why would they why would they do that? So we want a child, right? So no, no, they don't because they are dead. In short, if you check most, if you check most stories. Not stories of maybe those that had a glimpse of the heavenly life. Maybe they left here. Maybe something happened and you know, they, they were separated from their body and they got a glimpse of the afterlife or the, a glimpse of heaven. One thing they all tell you is that they don't feel like coming back. Yeah. <laughs> because 
it was too peaceful, sweet, the life there. It's like when you are sleeping, you have no worries. <laughs> so why would you want to leave a peaceful place and come into a place of turmoil and then be looking for a place where Satan is trying to ravage the earth? You know, the earth is a war zone. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how many of us have, have seen Galadriel that's supposed to go in the ring of power. She was, she was supposed to go into a peaceful, uh, she said, no, I'm not going. She went back. Why? Because I must, I must kill Sauron. So many, many souls are trying to kill Sauron. Like, like, it's with Lysha because it's not possible. Yes, right? once, they are, once they are dead, they are dead. Sir. And the scripture tells us that after death, judgment. Oh. It is this. It is accounted that man should live once, yes, should die once, and after that. Hmm. Anyways, so it says the body without the spirit is there. We said that said they they are, they are ignorant of all human affairs and have no human passion. See, human passion are things like making money, going to have kids, be blessed. That blessed is money. Hey, afraid of course, it's still earthly is it's that earthly passion or even marry. Those things are tied to earthly passions. Right? Passions to have money, passions to, to make it alive. Hmm. Anybody that is dead does not have any of those passions. They are they have no human passion because they have been separated from this world. Amen. Amen. First. Ah, I said very sorry. The third one, guys, is that they do not return to the world. Yeah. The dead does not. The dead does not return to the world. Now you be wondering, okay, what about those ones? You say maybe they are separated and the Lord sent them back. It means that they were not really dead. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, right, that they were asleep. Mm. Right, they just slept. They are not dead yet. Maybe for maybe for a for a, 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 a tiny moment, right? Their their body was weak, <laughs> so they were separated for a moment. But they are not fully dead. <laughs> but when you are talking about those that are dead, they, they, they do not return to the world. They do not return to the world. The dead. Do not return to the world. So let's read Job 7, 9 to establish this fact. Job chapter 7, verse 9. Mm-hmm. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. You see? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I see, go he that goeth to the grave shall come up no more. Yes, sir. It's like when a soul... When somebody dies and they bury them in the grave and they come back, they're going to die again huh? because they are already buried. Even if if they want to leave their grave, there's no way to because they are six feet under the ground and there's nobody that will dig it up. So they will just suffocate and die again. If they keep coming back, they'll keep dying and going, keep dying and going. <laughs> and after a while, they'll give up. Huh? Right? No, I'm just creating a movie. That's what it says. They do not return to the world. He say, as as Job has said, right? They come up no more. Let's read that again, please. Job seven verse nine: As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, 
So he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. Oh, he that goeth to the grave shall come up no more. So that's what the scripture says. I will believe scripture. Let's go to Luke 16, 26. Luke 16, 26. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Yes, and that let's I, I know we read Luke 16 earlier. That's the story of Lazarus. Lazarus and the rich man, right? And when they were responding to him, when he said, Tell him to come, get ahead, they responded, said that no, you can't. Come and we can't go there. Right. So, days that are dead, they can't return to the world. It's impossible. So, Hebrews 9.27, let's go. Hebrews 9.27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. It is appointed. It is appointed for man to die. Once. Yes, After that, judgment. After that, judgment. So meaning that once people die, they are gone. They are gone. Unless by providence, right? Of course, like I was saying, like those that, you know, died for, they say they died for three days. <laughs> they are, and again, they are not yet in the grave, right? You see, that one is a special, special case that the Lord allowed. Right, but and in that, even in that case, it means that their time is not yet. It means that they are not they are not yet ready to die. They're not they're not supposed to go yet at that time. The Lord, no, in my will, they are not yet ready to leave. This, well, they can strengthen the body to take it back again. They strengthen it, but that's different from the dead returning to the world. It's a different one. Can. Different from the dead, especially with the beliefs that men have that the dead can come back. Especially, and this one is not just someone that is dead for one or two days. It's like someone that is dead for like three, five, ten years. You can see come back. Mm -mm, no, that doesn't. Well, the body has even decomposed. Sorry. The why is the body? Which body is they pick? Right. Sorry. if the body has decomposed. Forget there's no there's no body to pick up again. They have to they have to create a new body, and that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a there's the, the way the Lord creates body, unless there's a super miracle that created another Adam. Hey, the way the Lord has set it is that they will give birth. Sir. Where where bodies are created for spirits to be sent into it is in the womb. Yes, sir. Is mm. in the is it is in the woman. To produce, it's the womb of the woman that produced the body that spirit are sending to. And that one is an inside, unless, unless you create, you, you remove the, the womb and create a big womb that can form flesh. Mm -hmm. So, and even at that, you have to start as a child and create new memories. So, what I'm saying is that. They do not, those that are dead don't return to the world. Yes, they do not return to the world, as we've seen in scripture. So there's nothing like 
the, the, the ghost of their great grandfather came and lived for another year and gave back. Though there's nothing like that. Those are doctrines of demons. These demons that teach all those things that you know we believe in the past. I don't know if anybody has you know, maybe heard of that or believed that before, but ah no. When I was growing up, I heard a lot of, of stories around these things. Yeah, them. Ah, so we see we are see hearing them. Wow. I mean, I still had that one recently, so I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I see it there Fast back. It's not. It's, it's like Satan is holding those things well, and all those things is actually is is a stain. Is 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 to is is. If we may not see what is 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 to try and discredit Jesus, you can't discredit Jesus by saying that another dead. No, the only person that has died and risen is Jesus. Nobody else has died and has and has, has risen like Jesus. But because of Jesus has risen, it is God can now create a way for resurrection, spirit, soul, body. Spirit, yes. soul, body. So, now, what we have just been doing now, because no time has gone and we are going to end very soon. So, what we have been learning so far is to understand the resurrection of the dead, understand the body, why is it important, right? You are understanding the importance of Jesus' resurrection and how it's tied to our faith, right? We are understanding that who are the dead, no, just defining the dead in layman. I'll say layman, you no, know, but just just defining where the dead and we know that the dead are those the dead are those that have shed off their earthly tent, right? <laughs> so those are the dead. And then we all know the factors that work death. You know, why man die now? We know that sin and death are the, they are they are the major forces that act on the dead, right? Yes, and we know that hell, as we have gone through, we know that hell is the home of the unsaved if they shed off their earthly body. Yes, sir. And then we know now, you know, from what we've seen here and in scripture, that the body without the spirit is dead. Yes, and the dead are ignorant of all human affairs. They don't have passion for things that men have passion for. Like money and all those things, children, house, but they don't have passions for that. And they don't return to the world. You know, as we've seen in Job and in Luke and in Hebrew, in scripture, that the dead cannot return. So, all those stories about somebody died 10 years ago and they came back, they are all lies. They are evil spirit propagating those lies. They are not, they are all lies. So, so those things shouldn't even scare believers. Those yes, things put fear in believers. You no, know, sometimes some believers say things like that, they, they can be afraid and be praying. Lord Jesus, put that, we put the blood of Jesus around. <laughs> we are saying that you should not be afraid of things like this. They are lies. Yes, sir. Ghost can't be chasing you because some, mm -mm. it doesn't work that way. So they are all lies. They are lies of evil spirits. They are doctrines. They, they taught men. How, how all these things started is that they were teaching men. Long they, they started teaching men these doctrines, these beliefs. The same way 
they were we were carried onto the Dumbados and they started teaching all kinds of doctrines, which sometimes you can see it spilled into our belief as Christians somehow that God has to cleanse. <laughs> it's the same way that evil spirit has taught men about this aspect too. Anything that Satan does, he's not doing it for fun. He's doing it against God. So all these teachings about about you know the dead coming back to life, uh, and haunting people, you know to cause or protect or bless their own lives is God that protects. Yes, sir. Not 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 ghost. If Holy Spirit is not protecting you, no ghost can come, right? Yes, sir. Mary can protect you. It's Jesus, Holy Ghost that can. Yeah. So he will keep his angels charged over us. God can send his angels charged, right? You can have cloud of witness, witnessing. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But the power of all those things like blessing, protect, that is in God's hand. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So there's no evil spirit, or there's no, there's no. You know, man that died and all those that's not all those uh, somebody died and came back to life, give back to a child. They did not they've been dead for years, came back, they're all lies of evil spirit, doctrines of demons, D- doctrines designed to remove faith in the men, remove faith in the children of God, and is almost putting a, a finger of accusation on Christ and his sacrifice. Yes, they've been propagating this thing before Jesus came. Teaching all kinds of all kinds of teachings about spirits. Hmm. Satan has been teaching all those things before Jesus came, just teaching evil, evil things, teaching anything possible. Hmm. Can can God come this way? Can God come that way? Okay, let me just teach all kinds of things. I just make sure I discredit God everywhere in every angle. Any angle that God wants to come, Satan wants to discredit God. And in doing so, he will remove faith in men. Give them something else. Yes, sir. But we will not fall for Satan's gimmicks because we know that Jesus is risen. So there's resurrection. Thank you, everyone. So it's uh, past nine. Next week, we will continue. I hope we have been blessed today. Uh, Next week, we'll continue. Uh, We'll start from defining what resurrection is and then we'll look at the scope of resurrection. And from there... Um, we'll look at I mean I don't know if we'll be able to finish next week as well but we'll try as the Lord leads us as much as possible we'll try uh, our best but uh, like I said I hope not to um, to rush it we'll rush it and uh, we'll go from there hope we are blessed Amen Amen It's the Lord Hallelujah Hallelujah. So, uh, can we just thank God for today quickly? Thank God for his mercy, um, for help. Now he has helped us to, to go through the lesson today. Father, we thank you. Give you all the praise. Mahatani Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. Thank you. Matonesi Makalia Sendeni. Emprata, Emprata, Enemusta. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, our Father. 
We thank you, our Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I begin to pray that ever would uh, continue to strengthen us in faith, that we will experience resurrection daily. Our life will be full of the blessing of resurrection in the name of Jesus. Sanimata, Eprasofina, Tanimasi. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise. Masutu Penima. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for today. We give you all the praise. We thank you for how you've helped us to, to just look into things concerning your resurrection. Thank you, Father, for how you are helping us to establish faith and establish you know, strength even in your doctrine. So we are exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, as we go about our day and our week, we ask, Lord, that you keep these things fresh in our heart and you will establish more faith concerning these things that you are saying in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen.